Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. So good to see you guys. My name's Danny. I have the wonderful privilege of... uh, pastoring this incredible spiritual community called Heartway. We're a church, but sometimes I don't like to use that word. Okay? I've been fighting it for so long, and now I'm just coming to embrace what we are, but, ugh, you know? There's just so much baggage that comes with church. So we're a, we're a spiritual community. It's funny because one of our leaders, my, my buddy Adam, You know, he's like an expert with all things like Google stuff, you know. So he's like, Danny, you know, there's so much that we can do for Heartway on Google to get the word out there, like for marketing. I'm like, awesome, good. You need people like that. So I was like, go ahead and and set us up. He's like, all right, what are some like key words that we can use to like identify who we are? So I told him like, yeah, maybe like spiritual community, spiritual but not religious, mystical, whatever. And he's like, all right, Danny. So the good thing is like we're the top search for all these things. The bad news is nobody's searching for these things. (laughs) So I'm like, great. So I guess, you know, like people come they think it's like church like normal and then we 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 show you who we really are and either you stick around or not so I hope you stick around because we're such a loving kind inclusive compassionate community and the whole purpose of everything that we teach on a week-to-week basis is about practical spirituality that's it it's about helping you find peace and purpose and love and joy and companionship and connection with God We don't get lost in a lot of the abstract, metaphysical, nerdy stuff, even though that's what they taught me in school for years when I went to study theology and philosophy in seminary school. I like to talk about the day-to-day stuff, and today's message is right along that line. It's called the anatomy of soul. We are missing soul in our day-to-day life. We're so caught up in the materialistic things, success and money and chasing after all the stuff that we forget to bring a sense of soul into what it is that we're doing. And what's so interesting is that we live in a culture that's very prosperous. And the collective belief for a while has been the more prosperous we become, the happier we'll be. But it seems like the opposite is actually true. The more prosperous we've become, the more lonely we've become, the more mental health issues we've seen. Even at the hospital where I work, a lot of the employees that have been there for many years, they talk about the fact that the behavioral health department, you know, like the, the department that gets folks when they're Baker acted and stuff, they're like, we've had to increase the space 
at the hospital just to be able to contain the amount of folks that come through these doors. And it's so much more than ever before. It's like every year the, the, the space has to get bigger and bigger, right? There's a, a, a mental health crisis in our culture, even though it seems like we have everything we could ever want at our disposal. What is it that's going on? Technology is advancing. It makes our life more convenient. But at the same time, it causes us to compare ourselves to other people. Social media, you know, we're just always looking at other people's lives. Anybody saw the new product that Apple's coming out with? It's called the Vision Pro. Google it. Apple Vision Pro. Okay, it's like a headset that blends your digital space with physical space. So we're going to have these goggles on, and y'all are fighting it, but every, in 10 years, we're all going to be in here like looking at me preaching, and then Instagram is on the side too. Isn't that insane? It's crazy. <laughs> Apple Vision Pro. It's $3,500. It comes out next year. Somebody wants to buy it and let me try it. That'll be cool. <laughs> but yeah, like this is going to get really interesting really fast. Obviously, the advancement of AI, if you guys have been aware of that conversation, right? It's like a lot of this stuff, it's good. There's a good side to it, but there's also a dark side to it. And people have been sounding that alarm for a while and saying, hey, if we're not careful, this can go south really quickly. And it can affect us internally in a very, very negative way. I actually saw the other day on Instagram about a new AI that's being created. It's a virtual girlfriend. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> a virtual girlfriend, bro. Wow. So listen, we're not going to judge you if you come in with a virtual girlfriend. I'll meet her. I'll talk to her. It's fine, you know? No judgment. But I'm saying this is just, it's getting really weird. It is getting odd. It's getting odd. And all I know, all I know is that even though we may continue to advance technologically, and even though it may seem like, Everything is good when it comes to wealth and prosperity and success in our life. None of those things can give to us what our soul ultimately craves for. You can have all the advancement in the world. You can have all the success and material stuff in the world. But there's still going to be something that's missing if you're not tapped into your soul. Because what the soul longs for is something that none of that stuff can give you. The soul longs for meaning and community and creativity and love and purpose. The soul longs for depth. The soul wants to connect with something much larger than just the self. And our lack of connection to these things has made us soul sick. I heard that phrase the other day and I loved it. Soul sick, soul sickness. What is that? It's living life with this uh, sense of dread and hopelessness and apathy. It's like we're just kind of going through the, mo the motions. Our life force, our, our vital energy has been sucked out from us because there, there's no meaning to what we're doing. There's, there's no deeper purpose behind our actions, behind our, our work, behind our relationships. And what happens to a lot of us when we have symptoms of soul sickness is that we are actually ignorant of the underlying cause. We're unaware of the underlying cause of our soul sickness. And so we misdiagnose our sickness. And we start thinking to ourselves, 
The reason why I'm not happy, the reason why I'm not at peace is because of this person. It's because of this situation. We make happiness an external thing. So if I change my job, if I get a new career, maybe if I get a new partner, maybe if I move locations and just get out of South Florida for a little while, then I'll be happy. But happiness doesn't have anything to do with the external. Happiness is something that comes from within. True happiness is a matter of living your life connected to your soul, your deepest spiritual essence, finding that deeper meaning and purpose and community and love and creativity and all those wonderful things that I've mentioned. The catch is you don't become more soulful without first going through pain and suffering. It's like a package deal. If you want to be more soulful, you've got to go through some stuff. Life has to disappoint you. People have to disappoint you before you start looking within. And then once you do start looking within, you got to know it's probably going to get worse before it gets better because there are a whole lot of neglected, repressed experiences and emotions that you have within yourself that have to come to the surface. You have to confront that stuff. But it can be so scary, so daunting that we rather not. And so we run away. And like one psychologist says, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, to avoid facing their own soul. But all of that pain is actually what contains the keys to your freedom. When you're willing to face the stuff and deal with what's there, that's how you begin to heal. But if you're not willing to go through that process, what happens is we try and numb our pain either through distraction or through consumption. And so if I just stay busy enough, if I just entertain myself endlessly, then I won't have to deal with this stuff. I can just keep going with my life and pretend like none of that ever happened and never bring up that person again and never talk about that memory and never bring up that story and just act like everything is fine when it isn't. All that does is leave us thirstier for what is real and for what is sacred and for what is meaningful. There's one theologian that says, all of our loneliness and our sorrow is really just a homesickness for God. That's what your soul ultimately craves for it's, is God. But we go to everything other than God to find meaning and fulfillment. How does that end up working out for us? Never well. But we got to go through the process. This is why I encourage it. If you need to go get lost along the way, go and get lost along the way. God will bring you back home. But you just got to see for yourself that there's nothing there for you on that alternative path. Until you see that for yourself, it doesn't matter how many times other people tell you God is the only one that can fulfill you, you're not going to really be about it because it's not a truth that you've come to know for yourself. And so I encourage our own spiritual exploration and self-discovery in that way. Follow your path wherever it leads you, and, and the Spirit will, will direct you back home in due time. But my point is, Ultimately, what the soul craves for is God. But we get so lost in the desires of our ego that we forget what the soul really longs for is to merge with its beloved, to be one with God, to have intimacy and relationship and connectivity to its source. That's what counts. 
And when you find that connectivity with God, now your soul is finally free. You are finally free to be who and what you've always been. And you know that you're around a soul that is free because a free soul will make you feel better. You know, when you're around people that really have experienced that freedom on the inside, there's a lightheartedness to them. And when you're around them, there's something magnetic and attractive about who they are. And that's the best message that you could ever give to anybody anywhere about your spirituality, about the God that you worship, about the life path that you're on. Your actions are always going to speak louder than your words. And when your soul is connected, there's just this lightheartedness to you. That's why I love when Jesus says, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm not caught up in all the worries and anxieties that other people are because I cling to God. Through hell and high water, I'm clinging to God. I love this quote from the psychologist Carl Jung. It's a very interesting analysis that he makes. Next one. He says, among all my patients in the second half of life, that is to say those over 35, there has not been one whose problem in the last resort was not that of finding a religious outlook on life. And by religious, he's not using that term in like a negative way. Religious in like the best sense, the healthiest sense, the highest sense of the word. Again, it's this uh, spiritual outlook on like life is what he's getting at. And the way I interpret this is that every problem has a spiritual solution. At the end of the day, Every problem that you have has a spiritual solution. For me in my world, the problem is always ego and the solution is always soul. More soul, more connectivity to God. And when you're not connected to soul, your emotions will let you know. When you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling anxious, when you're angry and you're frustrated and you're just overly negative all the time, that is like a huge sign that you're not connected in this moment. And so it may be important to ask yourself some healthy questions to see what's going on within you. What is it that I need to let myself feel? I love that question. What is it that I'm trying to control in this moment? Another good question. What do I need to give myself right now? What am I holding myself guilty for? What do I need to release and let go of? Ask yourself these questions. Sit with yourself. Get deep and see that there's a spiritual solution to every problem that you go through. And again, what can point you towards this kind of self-inquiry is becoming aware when you find yourself in a negative emotional state. That's how you know, oh, I need to do some, some self-exploration, some self-discovery. I got to go within myself and see what's going on. You know that you're operating from a state of ego when you're dead set on your plans and your agenda and your way and your perspective and your outlook on things. When you're operating from, from the level of soul, you're, you're open. You go with the flow of things. You embrace the unknown. You're, you're willing to take a risk for that which you love. Ego keeps us caught up in pleasure. Soul gets us caught up in purpose. 
pleasure only provides temporary relief, but it doesn't provide a cure. The cure for your soul's longing is living a life of meaning and purpose. And by the way, you are the one that brings meaning and purpose into everything that it is that you do. So if you've ever had the thought of asking another person what is the meaning of life, you're already in the completely wrong direction because nobody else can tell you what your life means. That is up to you. You determine what your life means. You are the one that brings a sense of purpose into everything that you do. That's scary, but that's also beautiful because that means your life is a blank canvas and you can create whatever you like, whatever you see fit. And when you collaborate with God in that process, oh my goodness, what comes forth is something so beautiful, so amazing, so incredible, so transcendent. There's this wonderful uh, quote from a Stoic philosopher. He says, you are a little soul carrying around a corpse. I love that. You are a little soul carrying around a corpse. In other words, it's not that you have a soul. You are a soul. And what you carry around is this dirt suit called your body. From the dust you came into the dust you will return, the scriptures say. But the scriptures also say that Within these jars of clay, we contain an eternal treasure, what I'm referring to as soul right now. And when you tap into that uh, deeper layer, that transcendent dimension of your life, that's when you truly begin to experience fulfillment and satisfaction. Because now you're going to the source. Look at what Mary says in the Gospel of Luke. I love this song that she sings. She says, my heart praises the Lord and my soul is glad because of God. That because of, huge, so important. Why are you glad? Because of God. If it's because of anything else, it's temporary. It'll be here one moment and it'll be gone the next. Enjoy it. But just know the temporary nature of everything. God is the only thing that is consistent. God is the only thing that is constant in a world that is always evolving and changing. So when you're tapped into your God essence, when you're living from your soul, when you have a connectivity with God, that's something that is unshakable. It doesn't matter what happens in the world around you, what gets taken from you or what gets given to you. You are connected to a source that is inexhaustible, that is infinite. And so what can we do to live more soulfully? That's something that I would like for you to reflect on and answer for yourself. What does it mean to bring soul into my everyday life? For me, bringing soul into my life means I'm connected to my creative energies. I'm living in harmony with all of life. I live in a state of inner equilibrium and balance. I'm walking in love. I'm authentically expressing myself and being who I am, wherever I may go. That's what brings actual satisfaction to you. We're focused on all the other stuff. If I get the right house, if I get the nice car, if I get the watch, if I get the job and the opportunity, then... I'll be happy, I'll be satisfied, I'll be fulfilled. What I've come to learn is that the world 
around you is a reflection of the world inside of you. So if there is chaos within, there will be chaos without. But if there's peace within, there will be peace without. And so you're never wasting time when you do things that nourish your soul and clear up your inner space. You're never wasting time. That's actually the most important thing that you can do for yourself. And one of the best ways that I know how to bring soul into your everyday life, and this is really the whole point of of everything I'm going to say today. The best way I know how to bring soul into your everyday life is by learning how to do the little things well. And I know that may not have been what you expected me to say, but the real spiritual life is in the ordinary and the mundane, the everyday stuff that you do. Can you do the little things well? When it comes to spirituality, how you do anything is how you do everything. And we tend to be so focused on just the big picture stuff in life. So we're always chasing after something. We're we're always going after a goal. And we live our lives in a hurry. We're rushing, trying to get somewhere. And we're never here. We're never in the now. Well, your soul is not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. That's your ego. So the invitation to soulful living is about slowing down internally. Because you may have a lot of responsibilities. You may have a lot of stuff that you're doing on the outside. Stay active by all means. That's good. It's wonderful. We were created to work. But on the inside, you don't got to be like, you know, this is how like our little brain is all the time. We're just jumping from one thing to the next, just anxious and crazy and happy feet, you know, (laughs) jumping from one. the, the, The Buddhists call it monkey mind. You know, the monkey mind. Give the monkey a banana and tell it to chill. But we're so chaotic on the inside. The invitation is to slow down and do the little things well. How am I experiencing this conversation with an individual? How am I experiencing this car ride right now? What meaning am I bringing out of this beautiful view that I have of the sunrise this morning? What meaning am I putting into my daily tasks and responsibilities? Go to the micro and bring soul into those things. It's interesting because a lot of people who, you know, start on the spiritual path, they set their sight on like the highest and loftiest of goals. You know, I want to learn the most advanced spiritual techniques. Or like in church world, you would always hear that verse where Jesus says, you will do even greater things than me. And so we're going to change the world and impact the masses. And there's a place for that. That's wonderful. But you know what's hilarious? When I started reading writings from like monks and nuns, Christian and non-Christian, they weren't focused on all the grandiose things of life. For them, they're like, you want to be enlightened? Learn how to drink your tea and be fully present while you're doing it. And there are entire books written about how to drink tea in certain traditions, really. Yes. Right? Learn how to 
drink your tea and be so fully present that there's no past and there's no future. It's just you and the tea. And in that moment, everything is beautiful and serene. Well, if you learn how to do it in that little moment, you can carry that with you to every moment of your life. And that's the point. When we sit in meditation every Sunday, the point is for you to experience and know what stillness feels like so that you can then move beyond just a 10-minute window and carry that stillness and that meditative stance into every aspect of your life and every activity that you engage in. So the idea is to do things, I like the word prayerfully, to do things prayerfully, to do things with a sense of reverence, to bring that sense of sacred. And you don't got to tell everybody about it. You know, you know, you don't have to like wear a robe and, and, and like have all this spiritual stuff and just walk around like this to show everyone how great you are. No, listen, the truly spiritual people, this is a secret thing. It's secret. It's between you and God. You don't got to go around talking about it to everybody. That's why it's an intimate relationship. I love that language because there are some things like when, when you have a partner, for those of us married, guess what? There's some things that you share with your partner in that intimate setting that you don't got to tell the rest of the world. And there are aspects of that relationship that people obviously see when they observe you. But there are other elements of the relationship that is just between you and that person. And when it comes to spirituality and your relationship with God, most things are better left unsaid. So Jesus is like, hey, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So that's a totally different paradigm than most people, which is like, hey, look at me and look at how great I am. Look at how generous I am and look at all the great things that I do. And of course, you know, there's a place for that because we want to inspire others. The scriptures also talk about inspiring others to do good through your own good. But just check your heart. Check your motive. Check your intention. Do the little things well. Bring that sense of soul into everything that you're doing. Do it reverently. See the sacredness of the ordinary. Bring a sense of sacredness to the ordinary aspects of your everyday life. Start with the small stuff, and then gradually you'll begin to see that same uh, feeling and emphasis grow throughout every aspect of your life. And you make things special. You will make moments special. And those mindful moments are food for your soul. You understand? You create mindful moments, and those mindful moments recharge you on the inside. And it, it, it doesn't take a, a service. You can be sitting outside on a swing, and ha you have a mindful moment filled with gratitude and appreciation, and it just fills you up. And then you're just happy, and people say, why? Because of God. <laughs> just because. And everywhere I go, there God is. So there's always an opportunity for us to gladden our soul in God. And that is the soul's purpose. That is the soul's ultimate craving. It's to find its joy in God. And we go looking in every other place. And my encouragement to us today is just to slow down and find it right here, right now in this moment. 
And then the last thing that I'll leave us with is this. It's not only important to nourish our soul, but also to express it. Soulful living means you are uh, showing the world who you are. You are vocalizing your deepest truth. You're speaking what you're passionate about. Don't ever be afraid to show the world who you are. Don't be afraid to uh, take a risk for that which you love and that which you're passionate about. Give yourself to it completely. Don't be afraid to be creative and to give yourself an outlet to express what you're holding on the inside. The world needs it. That's why God deposited that desire in you. And so, like Jesus said, what good is it if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul in the process? It's not worth it. So as you continue to focus on building your life and taking care of all the physical material stuff, which is important and we should not neglect. But as you go about building your business and you go about building your your home and you go about building your career path and doing all these things in the world, don't neglect the soul. Don't neglect what matters most. Don't neglect the inside because Life can get you to a point where you have everything going perfectly for you on the outside, but you can't keep it or sustain it because on the inside, you're just a wreck. And we've all met people who we know have a bunch of stuff, but they're not happy. And there's people that have nothing, and they are. And so I want to be the kind of person who can be glad and happy whether I'm up or whether I'm down, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little. And the only way I know how to do that is by staying plugged into my source, remaining connected to God and bringing God into every moment, practicing the presence of God. That's really what it is in a nutshell. Practicing the presence of God, being present to the presence that is always around you and working through you and in you. And so, God, in this moment, we thank you for putting this treasure in jars of clay. I pray that you would help us to focus on the things that truly matter in life. Meaning and purpose and creativity and love and community and all of these things that our souls crave for. May we learn how to tap in at that deep level so that we experience true fulfillment and true satisfaction. Teach us to do the little things well to bring a sense of sacredness to the ordinary, everyday actions that we partake in and help us to authentically express who we are, to trust in you through the good and through the bad and to overcome this soul sickness that has bogged us down for so long. We look to you, we trust in you, and we thank you, God, that this present moment can be enough for us. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for being with us. Happy Sunday, and we'll see you next week.